and talk about it from a broader perspective. Now, there are three principles that God gives us in His Word, and they are keys. They are keys that unlock things. You see them all in Matthew chapter 6. He, Jesus is dealing in Matthew chapter 6, and He gives these three keys. One of the keys is prayer. When you pray. Another one of the keys is when you give. And then a third key is when you fast. It's interesting. All three of these are supernatural keys. How many of you have experienced answers to prayer before? Yeah, Yeah, where you pray, you cry out to God, and God answers prayer. You know, I, I read sometimes bumper stickers that says prayer changes things. Can I say, prayer doesn't change things, God changes things. But God responds to prayer. God changes situations. He changes circumstances. He turns things around. And prayer is a supernatural key. And so God gives us these keys to use. The key of prayer. The key of giving. How many of you have ever given something? and then found something that there was a supernatural release that followed it. I mean, isn't that what Luke 6.38 says? Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom for the same measure you met with all, it shall be measured unto you again. And so, prayer is a key, giving is a key, and fasting is a key. Now, we just had all this... I don't know, we just changed the keys on every build, every lock in this building? Just about. Just about. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that you'll have to have, which I don't have, is a key to get in the building. Because if you don't have the key, you don't have any access, do you? And if you don't have the key, you don't have any authority. There are a lot of people that want in places without the keys and there's little blue lights that show up shortly thereafter that take them off and give them free hospitality <laughs> because they broke in without authority. And you, you don't have any ability. You see, so what these keys give us is they bring us into a place where something that we didn't have before we now possess. Good. Amen. Okay? So we didn't have authority, or we didn't have access, or we didn't have ability, but suddenly as we receive one of these keys and use that key, we now have access, we now have authority, we now have ability. So literally God uses these in our lives. Now I, I will tell you that I'm not a person that likes to fast. I said that last week. I mean, if you like to fast, there's something wrong with you probably. You need special prayer. Uh, but I do fast. Why do I fast? I fast because the Bible tells me to do it. I fast because it was the pattern of Jesus' life. It was the instruction of His Word. And I fast because I want to see breakthrough. And there are some things you don't see breakthrough unless you fast. I'm sorry. I wish it were different. I wish you could just pray and give and those two things would handle everything but they don't there are some things that you only get an answer to if you fast now fasting in and of itself and I want you you can look with me in 
Isaiah 58. We'll go into this in just a minute. But fasting in and of itself, usually you don't feel a lot of power. Right. In fact, the matter is you probably feel miserable. You feel hungry. You feel tired. Sometimes your head hurts. Sometimes you're grumpy. But something else is going on at the same time. Okay? Your spirit man is being supercharged by the Holy Spirit to prepare you for what God will bring you into. And usually in my life, I see the answers don't... It isn't so much that the answers come in the fast, they come after the fast. It's like I, after I've come through it, after I've laid, as it were, my, my life on the line, it comes through. And so... I want to encourage you in this thing. I'm not saying that this is going to be something we, do, you know, you do every month. I mean, some people do it on, on an ongoing basis. It was the pattern of the early church to fast two days a week until 3 o'clock. That, that was a pattern of the early church. Um, and that was just something they did as a matter of course. And I believe that there is a discipline in fasting that we probably all need to embrace in our life. But I found in my life that there are moments in my life where it's like, God, I, I just can't get to where I need to be. Right. I just can't lay hold of what I need to lay hold of. Yeah. I, for some reason, am just not quite smart enough, quite sharp enough, quite powerful enough, quite whatever, to get what I know you've wanted to give to me. And in those moments, I want to tell you, fasting becomes like the super weapon in the spirit. Jesus had his disciples come to him one day. His disciples come to him because there's this demon-possessed kid. And they couldn't cast the demon out. And so they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus rebukes them for their faithlessness. And then he says, he says that he makes this point. He says, there are some things that only leave, only are broken, yes. only are cast out through prayer and fasting. Yes. Yeah. So there are some times where prayer is not enough. Sometimes giving's not enough. Sometimes you just need to say, God, you know what? I'm not quite sure why going hungry and why stopping food has a spiritual connection. But clearly in the Word of God it does. Yeah. Clearly it does. And so we do it. We do it out of obedience. We do it out of our desire to lay hold of what God has for us. And we say, God, we humble ourselves. We lay ourselves on the line. We are willing to give up natural food. God, I am more hungry for your will in my life than I am natural food. And I'm pretty hungry for natural food. I, I am more hungry to see your purposes carried out in my life than I am anything. And I am so willing to, to, to see that that I'm willing to quit eating. I'm willing just to stop doing the normal routine in order to embrace what you have for me. Yeah, and when you do that, God propels you into his purpose. There's not a doubt in my mind. We as a team, we as leadership are stepping in to another dimension of God's purpose. 
There's, there's not a doubt in my mind. I, I, I think I said this last week. Did I tell you about the 13? Yeah. Did I tell everybody about it? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you again. I know that there's, this season is important. Just so you know. One of the a great teacher is repetition. That's right. So I'm a great teacher. But, but, I, but God made clear to me, God made clear to me that every 13 years he's done something significant in my life. I ride my motorcycle. The Lord says, how old was a Hebrew boy when he becomes a man? Oh, 13. And then the Lord said, every 13 years I've done something significant in your life. And he took me through my life. And at 26, I was married. And at 39, I went to Bethel. And at 52, I decided to leave Bethel. I'm coming up now to 65. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many of you know, when you reach critical milestones in your life, you want the purposes of God? Amen. Okay? He, there, there are things that I, for 40 years, God has promised me. <clears throat> there are things that I have heard, I have prophecies given to me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to grow old and die and not see the purposes of God carried out in my life. Right. You know, I don't want to miss that. Amen. And so I say this to you guys because I am the set man in this house is that I've come to a critical stage. Therefore, you've come to a critical stage. Yeah. We've come to a point where I believe we're about to cross over and into something new. So we want to hear God. We want to walk with God. We want to be open to God. Ten promises in the book of Isaiah in chapter 58. Ten clear benefits of fasting. It starts out, shout aloud, don't hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Then he talks about, they seek me daily, delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. And, and then the Lord gets down to where they live. And he begins to, they were even fasting, but they were fasting with wrong motives. They were actually become, they were very religious. But God wasn't pleased with them. That's right. And he, he, he gives them a strong, strong rebuke in the fifth verse. He says, is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only the bowing of one's head like a reed and lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord. And then he says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. To untie the cords of the yoke and to set the, oppressed, set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. In other words, what he's saying is that, there, that there's more to fasting than just the, the fact that you lay down food and look spiritual. Amen. That you lay down food, yes. But you live a life that is testifying to the Lordship of Christ in your life, that God is in charge of your life, and that you're, you're giving out. You're giving out of yourself. You're giving out of your possessions. You're sharing your life with those that are around you. I don't want to be guilty in this season of, of not 
sharing my life and sharing what God has blessed us with. We, we want to do that. We want to live that way. And when you do, he then gives these ten amazing promises. They, they, these are ten things in the scripture. Now listen, everything that you get from God, you get because the Lord has promised us something. Okay? I talked about this on Sunday. I talked about the fact that, that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that that word Lord in Psalm 23, as we've talked about it, is connected that every time you see it, it's connected to a promise. It's the same word we have with Jehovah. So Jehovah Jireh. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. There he's saying, he is Jehovah Roi, the one who guides us. But literally the word Lord is connected, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. Whatever it is you need, he is. Amen. And so there's a promise that's connected to this. So everything we get from God has to be found in the covenant and we lay hold of it by receiving the covenant promise. Okay, this is the covenant. And so we have a promise. God says he's going to give us ten things if we fast right. I'm in charge. I, I'm, in, I'm in favor of that. I, I'm like, yes, Lord. Well, here's the ten things. First of all, stand, you'll love this. Then your light will break forth as the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Amen. That's a promise. That healing is a promise from fasting. Amen. Secondly, he says this, then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The second is that we get divine protection. There's a supernatural protection that comes upon us. Verse 9 says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Amen. The third distinctive promise is answered prayer. Yes. Amen. You know, sometimes when prayers have been hard to find an answer to, God says, hey, I'm going to cause your prayers to be answered. Do you have some prayers that are yet to be answered? I have some prayers that are yet to be answered. And I'm saying, God, I want to see the answers to these prayers. Yeah. And God is saying, okay. I'm going to give you answered prayer. Good. And he says, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing finger and the malicious talk. That's an interesting <laughs> caveat, isn't it? And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then he gives a fourth promise then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noon day. Amen. Hey, let me tell you something. That's divine favor. The supernatural favor will come. I think about Joel and some of the things that he's been absolutely crying out to God for regarding facilities. It's a pain in the neck to meet the theater, to be perfectly honest with you. But we don't have an alternative. And until we have a God-given alternative, that meets the needs and meet, matches the budget, we have to meet at the theater. But I'm saying, God, give us favor here. Yeah. Give us favor here. Give us an answer. Yeah. Show us what to do. And the Lord will guide you always and satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land. I think this fifth promise is for divine guidance. 
I knew going into this, and the reason I called this fast, I talked about this last week, was this, that we are at a critical point. We're seeking direction from the Lord. We've come to the crossroads, and there seems to be multiple choices. We need God's choice. Amen. We need to know what God's next step is for us. Yeah. We don't want to just come and say, okay, this looks good. This looks fine. It may be a dead-end street. It may be a cul-de-sac. I want to go with God. And I know that I know that I know that we're at that point right now where we're about to step into some things that are fresh and new. And we will see. I loved it last night when that word came that the wind is now at our back. Yeah, amen. The wind is at our back. Amen. We're not fighting an up, uh, a wind in our face anymore. That, that, that was what you were referring to. That it's, that it's no longer paddling upstream. But we are now paddling with the current downstream. You know what that says to me? That says to me it's going to get a lot easier than it's yes. been. When there's been some tough times, when there's been pressure times, and we've had to press through to lay hold, that suddenly it's going to get easy. And I will tell you something. I've been in the situations where it's like literally everything you do works. Yeah. It's like no matter how you fall, you land on your feet. That's called favor. Yeah. That's called supernatural God showing up and you're like, wow. That's right. You know, isn't that what Psalm 1 says? Whatsoever you do. Yes. Whatsoever you do. The only thing you have to do is just do something. Whatsoever you do yes. shall prosper. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for that kind of thing. Yes. I'm ready for that kind of activity from heaven to begin to break forth in my life. Yeah. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water, a spring whose waters fail not. Amen. The sixth supernatural, divine gift that comes as a result of fasting is divine provision. Divine provision. Again, what do we need? I mean, what are the things we need? There are a lot of things we need. I mean, my goodness, there's a list of them. But we've got a promise of provision Amen. that God's going to give us what we need. Yeah. He's going to meet our need. You begin to look like, man, you, you're going to be like a well-watered garden. What does a well-watered garden look like? It looks very fruitful, doesn't it? Amen. So fruitfulness is the seventh promise. I want to see fruitfulness, supernatural fruitfulness in my life. I want to see supernatural fruitfulness in what I do. Not only will it be easy, I want it to be productive. I want there to be things happening. I want to be lives be changed. Listen, we didn't do this thing just to do church services. Yeah. Right, for sure. We didn't do this. You know, we didn't obey the call of God on our life just to kind of do church as ordinary. We are about meeting with God and experiencing the life-transforming power of God. Yeah. That's what we're about. That's what we're called to. We didn't take this on like this is some kind of you know nice career opportunity my goodness I was making a whole lot more money building houses and to be honest it was a lot easier you know living stones get off the wall and run around town the stones I was laying back then stayed in place it was a lot easier and a lot more I made a lot more money but I'm obeying the call of God because I believe that God has something awesome he wants to show up and do I want it to be said of us that God is 
meeting with us. That when people come and they, they, like that dear man on Sunday, I mean, he was quaking and shaking. I mean, I don't know if he's normally like that after Catholic Mass, but I'll tell you this, he was literally like, yes, and he's leaning over kissing me. I mean, who are you? Where'd you come from? God met with him. God met with him. His daughter and son-in-law the week before had come to the church. It was the first time they'd ever come. They were blown away. She said to you something about her husband uh, and how suddenly he had begun to talk about God and he wouldn't, isn't that right? Well, she said to Christy. Christy To Christy. Did he he tell us what? Uh, He said, I don't don't know. I didn't believe in God my whole life. I didn't believe in God. And Mm. I met God today. And I don't want to do anything else but get to know him. And they went home, they canceled all their plans and just spent time in prayer, talking the Bible, stayed up till midnight, and then finally were like, okay, we have to go to sleep because we have to work tomorrow, you know? That was one Sunday. She was the believer, and now he's leading, stepping out. That was one Sunday. The next Sunday, her father is the guy that comes up hugging me, shaking. Come on. Now, would you think God might be showing up? Yes, Lord, may you do it again and again and again and again. May this be the story thousands of times in the lives of people. You know, that God would meet with people. Was he Jewish? Raised secular Jew. It's the second one we've seen. That happened too. Second Jewish person just in a few weeks, really, that has encountered God. Yes, Lord, do it more, do it more, do it more. You know? I don't care who they are. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what kind of background. Let me tell you what, when you meet God, nobody has to tell you. He'll tell everybody, I met God. I've met God. And I love that. I think about that guy in the art studio. May he meet God. May he meet God. Dad met God that day, remember? That's right. Your dad met God. talking about the manifest presence. That's right. And he was like, I don't know what I feel. Wow. I love it. I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's visiting from Canada. He talks about it almost every time I talk to him. Wow. Does he really? Yeah. Your people, listen, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls. Restore of streets with dwellings. What amazing promises. Number eight, you will refresh people. Listen, you'll be refreshed, and when you're refreshed, you refresh others. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I think too many, too many times Christians gather in church, and what they do is they're coming just simply trying to get by themselves. If I can just get enough, if I can just, if I can just get enough spiritual drink that will satisfy my thirst I'll be okay for another week when God wants to take and make every single one of us like a fountain we're refreshed already we're, we're like the well watered garden like the spring of water who don't fail and we're refreshing everybody who comes around us that when people leave our presence they feel like wow man I like that I don't know what that was but I, I felt something yeah. that we're refreshing and then I love this thing those that are of you, your people, will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations. I love this. 
the promise of family blessing. The promise of family blessing. That I remember my dad saying, his father said it before, that if heaven's worth going, it's worth me taking my family with me. And my grandfather, of course, served the Lord. My dad served the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. My boys are serving the Lord. Now they're raising their kids to serve the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you something, family blessing, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. I'll tell you, the older you get, the more you recognize the importance of it. When you're young, it's easy to, you know, skate by it and say, well, you know, we're busy with life, busy with career, busy with all the stuff. But I'll tell you what, one day the only thing that'll matter is that your kids are loving God and serving God and walking with God and your grandkids are and your great-grandkids are and you've left a legacy to another generation. Hallelujah. I won't be thinking about how many people showed up to hear me preach. I won't, those, those, those things matter very little. But what does matter is have I served the purpose of God with my wife and with my children and their children? And have I imparted a legacy to another generation that will live on long after I'm gone? That will matter. And then finally, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. The last thing, the tenth thing, the promise is a godly reputation. The Bible says a good name is to be desired above silver and gold. Amen. And when you have a good name, you have a reputation that will live on for the glory of God. Listen, we're fasting. We're laying aside food. We're doing it because we have areas where we want to see God break into our lives. Maybe there are multiple ones of these that you're praying for, but we have the promise of the Word of God. Lay hold of these promises. Lay hold of them in this time of fasting. Father, I thank you today for the work of your Spirit in our lives. Amen. I thank you that you give us the key to unlock, to give access, to give ability to the things that you yet want to do in our lives. So today, Lord, we just slide the key of fasting into the lock and unlock, Lord, your abundance and your blessing and your favor and your provision and your uh, refreshing and every other promise. We unlock it into our lives for your glory. We give you the thanks and the praise now for it. In Jesus' name, amen.